Hello, I'm Anna Bogutskaya. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. In this episode, a new inmate threatens Sister Jude's chance of release from Briarcliff, and there's trouble in the Walker house. Sorry, should, was it weird that I said it like that? <laughs> I mean, considering what happens. Considering they've got two baby aliens in there, and they're living as a throuple in the, what is it, the 50s? In Midwestern uh, America? 1968 is what the calendar says. 1968? I, I mean, yeah. what is time? I don't even know what day of the week it is right it's now. It's why they have such ugly towels. That was my first note. <laughs> really ugly towels. Because <laughs> it's that late 60s, like, kitsch where it's, it's starting to turn into the 70s with mm-hmm. the browns and the oranges. Um, and they just have really disgusting towels. So I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, let's stay with the with the walkers because the episode opens up with Kit, doesn't it? With um, Kit sort of all bloodied up in his underwear and seemingly having murdered one of his wives. Murdered somebody. You see, yeah, the camera goes, it looks at the ugly towels. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it boops through the house. It, it goes in the house and then it, it turns on him. And you're like, I was already horrified once. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the the walker dynamic between kit grace Alma, the two baby aliens i'll be honest it makes polygamy seem exhausting which is <laughs> not to make any any like no moral judgment on this at all but just the practicality i was like gosh i couldn't do it it seems really tiring because it's the thing of of this the beginning of this episode is that grace is acting very strangely because she keeps drawing pictures of aliens mm-hmm. and so Amma's solution is to say look i don't think you're spending enough time with her and so kit has to like get up in his underwear like <laughs> shuffle across the hallway to go to grace's room and 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 spend the night with her and then alma gets jealous because she he's spending too much time with grace and it just like (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot um the thing that i found really funny was the fact that i kept wondering because kit and kit goes to sort of console grace or to spend more time with her and they end up having sex and of course then someone gets abducted because the point of this whole season is that the aliens keep watching kid get it on with anyone yes it's so domestic and kind of sweet but also we don't really get to spend that much time with them just living their normal polygamous lifestyle because then Alma murders grace because she wants to attract the aliens' attention a bit too much. And Alma just wants to let the aliens go and forget about them. Yeah, I also, I I found one piece of dialogue really strange. Mm. Um, because 
Grace mentions her not wanting to remember the day her parents died. Mm-hmm. Like, she's kind of focused on the aliens because it's easier than, than remembering that. And she, in that moment, admits to murdering them. I thought it was her, she was framed for it. No, because remember in an earlier episode, she tells Kit the story that she was framed for it. But then actually it is revealed that actually it was her who murdered them. I don't. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I forgot. OK, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I fell for her story. You know, everybody lies in the show. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm a fool. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, Alma killing Grace was very chaotic, I yes. will say. <laughs> and also then, so Kit doesn't murder her, but he does dismember her? I mean, when we next see Alma, she is in Briarcliff. Yeah. They don't really explain what happened, but I guess the presumption is that Kit was fully like, yeah, Alma killed her. Yeah, but then I'm also like, why do we see Kit literally chopping something up and being all covered in blood? And the implication there is that he sort of, that Alma kills Grace, but Kit does something with the body? Why would he go the length of hiding the body if we know that Alma was clearly... So I don't know. Well, exactly. like he 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 didn't try to protect her because she's in Briarcliff. So, yeah. like, yeah, I've <laughs> they left out a lot of the story. I think <laughs> someone realized there was two episodes left, and they were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so we we kind of go back to Briarcliff uh, via Alma because she ends up there, like you mentioned, but also via Jude, who has been renamed Betty by your favorite character, the Monsignor, and has is still an inmate at Blarcliffe. But good news, the Monsignor has got a promotion and is now the Cardinal. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Who let him? That whole exchange I found so funny. Mainly because when I was watching the episode, I could just imagine you screaming at the screen. I did love that the Monsignor goes to Jude and tries to talk to her. And she's like, sorry, do you hear something? Sorry. Sorry, I just had like a weird, the weird buzzing of a pathetic, weak, insignificant man. That was weird. So that was great. (laughs) he's such a douchebag and as all douchebags uh successfully fails upwards yeah so there's this new inmate which neither of us could remember when we recorded the last episode that arrives at Briarcliff, and it's the angel of death but instead of being a supernatural being she's like a a hard-edged prison prison woman who comes in and stabs a couple of inmates and sort of is running a show now. But does she even get a name? Is she supposed to be the angel of death? I was very confused by this. I was very confused by, I will say, the entire middle section of this episode. Mm. I liked it because it had this almost sort of Mulholland Drive, (laughs) fractured (laughs) reality vibe to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I don't think she gets a name. She gets a bit of a backstory because she... Talks about how she was a landlady. She kept mm-hmm. killing, <laughs> kept killing everybody. Um, 
and and that's that's about it i think there is a moment when we think that this woman who looks like the angel of death is assaulting jude Mm -hmm. and 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 then we cut to to the um the guards coming into the room and jude is attacking a woman but it's a different woman oh yes so is that the real person and and sister jude judy martin has has projected the image of the angel of death Mm -hmm. on a different woman that was my understanding i think you're right it was just very i found it confusingly made yeah i i will say i think my one issue with this episode is Mm. they don't really telegraph the time jump very well because it's it's like 12 years later now right yeah and and at some point jude is talking to a new Berkeley psychiatrist and she's mentioning the the monsignor now cardinal and the psychiatrist like that was two and a half years ago oh yeah did i say 12 years yeah two and a half but but it no but you're you're not wrong <laughs> because it is it is kind of a very confusing timeline because we've got that and we had jumped a little ahead as well with Kid and the Walkers and the family and also with Alma then ending up in Briarcliff and then Alma dies off screen as well but then also we meet Lana on the outside and she's published her book and she's doing a reading of her book and Kit comes to visit her but it's not really super clear as to when this is so i i I guess it's two and a half years later a lot of stuff has happened in two and a half years yeah (laughs) well and and i guess the problem with that is that we are sort of seeing it through jude's eyes Mm. and jude has no idea what year it is she thinks yeah she thinks there's been no time jump yeah to be honest i feel a little bit like jude this week (laughs) i did just write what is happening in my notes (laughs) this is like mulholland drive what is happening Mm. yeah because to go go back to mulholland drive like at least lynch kind of like delineates a little better like what is purely in the protagonist's head Mm -hmm. and what is purely reality here a not there's no like visual change Mm -hmm. it just is shot in the same way and then someone goes oh yeah didn't you know it's two and a half years later (laughs) (laughs) i think that is what i found confusing because most films and television will will give you some kind of visual hint that that something is different yeah and even this show and even asylum has done that so far so I think perhaps this is all kind of tapping into Jude's own disorientation with where she is, who she is, and what time it is. Moving on to Lana, who, like I mentioned, is has finished her book and is doing a reading. And I found this was probably my favorite storyline of the episode. Because Lana has... Uh, fabricated some facts in the book and is sort of confronted by visions of Wendy and 
pop a bloody face that challenge her on how she's erased parts of the story in order to uh, and and added some flourishes, especially kind of violent flourishes to uh, to sell more books. And I found this to be a really interesting addition to her character and especially her ambition. What did you make of it? I I agree because I mean this is one of the things I do love about American Horror Story is that there there are no like untarnished uncomplicated characters. Mm. I mean even Kit now is is party to a murder. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and this 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 woman who has been through the most extreme trauma mm -hmm. um has been like our hero our guiding light throughout this entire season and then you meet her two years later and like like she's a little bit of an asshole mm. <laughs> you know like the <laughs> she's got this sort of this sudden newfound uh ego because um you know she's been really widely celebrated for this book that she wrote about Dr. Threadson and you know she comes to this book reading everyone's like you're just so talented and you're so brave and you're my new favorite writer and oh my god and like look anyone who's gonna <laughs> have that 24 hours a day I imagine it would probably go to the head a little mm. bit but like I love that I love that Lana isn't this you know this perfectly pure like heroic noble person yeah the entire way time because like victims don't have to be pure to be a victim you know they can yes. be <laughs> incredibly complicated people and doesn't change the the nature of the abuse that happened to that and i and i love seeing a show that is really upfront about that mm -hmm. i love that and especially i love the way that Wendy um sort of the the spirit or the essence of Wendy confronts her where she's like you made me into your flatmate you raised your own, our relationship you raised your own identity and my identity um because you know there's you thought it was inconsequential to the story but it isn't that that felt really powerful as well and that whole conversation that she has with Kit where he is sort of like the at this point in the story and at this point in the relationship, you know, they've overcome the biggest hurdle. Like they've escaped Briarcliff. They've had their names cleared. And she is forgetting about those promises that she made. And he's there kind of functioning as her moral compass in a way. He's like, you said that you would you would take down Briarcliff. You said that you would save Judy, uh, Jude. And you're just here. And she's there like pitching him her new idea for a book about um killer santa and then like lee emerson the the character that we had in a couple of episodes played by ian mcshane and she's completely sort of warped by her ambition and her success of the back of these stories and of the back of stories that she only got to know and to experience because of the traumatic um her traumatic imprisonment in Briarcliff. I will shout out to Sarah. I mean, we shout out Sarah Paulson a lot, but um, <laughs> particularly in this episode, um, the way that she delivers that first meeting in between her and Kit when he comes up to her in the bookstore mm -hmm. and and she does that incredible thing of like, 
it's hard to pinpoint but you know someone who's been like oh, oh it's been so crazy it's just been years you know blah 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 mm. like so flippant about it and mm. even the way that she laughs is like kind of disgusting I don't yes. know how else like it's really repulsive the way that she acts in in that moment mm -hmm. um yeah someone who she has been through the most extreme trauma with and she's just like oh I'm, I was gonna write to you but I've just been so busy you know <laughs> like you know like it's just someone she went to college with it's yes. yeah that is like incredibly incredibly good acting she I mean you know a goddess in our midst but also so astute at these little moments that you describe mm -hmm. like that moment of kid is not someone who she needs or can pretend to be anyone but who she really is like you know those people that you experience the worst situations with that sort of flippant attitude or the ego just won't fly with him and I think I also really like even Evan Peters's work in the scene in their scene not when they necessarily kind of meet at the book signing but when they're having the chat when he's confronting her because possibly you know at that point in their lives he's the only one who's going to call her out on her bullshit and actually tell her to stop or to do something and she probably will oh kid's so great <laughs> that's why the aliens love him I know he partook in a, in a, well, he didn't partake in a murder. He, he covered up, a, I don't know. Did he even cover up? Honestly, we don't really have the information to, to say either way, do we? Yeah, maybe he's just completely pure. <laughs> well, in the words of Grace, <laughs> they chose him because his mind is so open. Well, yeah, he has incredible empathy for every <laughs> living thing. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Is he going to be saying it? <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to be a cardinal? Yeah, why can't he be cardinal? I want to see Evan Peters in a cardinal outfit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen, Ryan Murphy. Before we move on to the last storyline of the episode, I just want to ask you, what do you think about Kit's outfits? Oh, insane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because this is the thing, now that it's 1968, they're all just fully hippies now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, they all look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except for Lana. Lana at the book signing, her blue, her, like, dark blue or, like, very vibrant blue skirt suit took my breath away. <laughs> her <laughs> I loved hair it. is not great, though, in this oh, era. Oh, no, I love the jacket with the Lana really? Del Rey hair. Yeah. <laughs> the born to die hair yes. oh, i loved it no that's very me that whole outfit oh, that she has at the book okay. signing okay i was very into it um everyone else though looks insane yes <laughs> <laughs> um so let's move on to the last storyline of the episode which is johnny morgan's and as per usual with baby bloody face He's very intense about everything. Like, he cannot be chill. I just want to see the him, like, go to McDonald's and ordering a burger. <laughs> Hi. I, I... I want a burger with fries because my bitch mother would never give me fries when I was a child. <laughs> uh... I bet that's in the deleted scenes. I'll check later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he goes 
to a used bookstore, a bookstore that's about to shut down. That's clearly kind of at the last clearance, everything's discounted stage. And it's the the same bookstore that we see Lana do her signing at. And he, <laughs> again, like a like a white trash version of a Bond villain, he just describes his old plan to this poor bookseller who's like just cataloging books putting stuff on shelves and shit and he's like so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna buy that first signed edition of my mother's book and it's written there that i died but i didn't and what i'm gonna do is gonna i'm gonna track her down and i'm gonna tell her this exact thing i'm gonna tell her that she tried to get rid of me she threw me away like a piece of trash but damn her son and it was like who are you sir i used to work at a bookstore if somebody came in and gave me that speech i'd be fucking terrified like calling the police under the desk 100 percent. i will say i i used to uh, this is where i used to like promote toothbrushes and boots so I was paid to stand by the toothbrushes and go, hey, do you want to buy a toothbrush? That's um, amazing. I had some like Johnny Morgan-esque real weirdos who would like tell me all their weird shit. And you just like have to stand there and be like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and you like can't really say anything because you're in the middle of boots. And mm. <laughs> someone is just like unloading some weird like 9-11 conspiracy on you oh my god <laughs> it's like okay but would you like a toothbrush do you, yeah do you, do you want to buy a toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> so i really feel this lady's pain yeah she does give him the book actually although she does do a little bit of that herself where she's like no i can't tell you this book because it gave my mother the strength to leave my dad yeah, um, I will give her credit though because she's trying to not give the book away. So I feel yeah. like she has reason to overshare. Yeah, I'm very much on this woman's side. Me too. And I'm, you know, as far as we know, he doesn't kill her, does he? I probably did though. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's just killing everybody. Probably just yeah, killed her for good measure afterwards. Sorry, not for good measure. That's horrible. <laughs> It's a good measure in his serial killer brain, not in my brain. Let's move on to our categories. What was your top quote of the episode? Uh, this is more about the delivery, but mm -hmm. I just really liked when Sarah Paulson said, this tab is warm. Yes. <laughs> she was such a bitch in that scene. I loved her. I know. I was kind of like scared. Mm. Because she says it in this, I, I won't be able to recreate it because it's mm. so subtle, but she says it in that voice where it's like, she's smiling, but her eyes are saying, I will rip your face off yes. if you bring me another warm tab. As someone who's had to bring a lot of drinks to a lot of talent, it is so pitch perfect. I love it. I don't think I could ever be that person. Not to big myself up. Like, you could come with me with, like, a glass of warm piss and I'd be like, mmm, love it, thank you. <laughs> you probably shouldn't put that out onto the internet, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so, like, I'm so bad at, you know, you know, when you're at the restaurant and they give you yeah. 
I remember last time I went out to a restaurant, they fully just gave me the wrong dish and I ate it anyways. Oh, no! Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to... Because, you know, you don't want to say anything and then someone gets in trouble and then it's like a whole fuss and it's just like, I'll just eat this thing, it's fine. So, yeah, don't, don't like relate. I such a bitch right now because I'm not that person at all. But I, I, I think, I don't think that's a negative thing, though. Like, you should say if you've served the wrong meal. <laughs> I am just a coward, and if you served me warm piss, I would probably just drink it because I wouldn't know what to say. I just like I've. There's very few things that I would get very very snobby about, but the one thing that I will give back, even if I don't like ask for another one, I'll just be like, I'm I'm not gonna have this. Is I don't care if I've paid for it or whatever. Is coffee like if someone gives me a coffee that I'm like mm, no. I will just be either ask for a different one or, you know, not in a bitch way, but ask for a different one or just not have it and sort of walk away and throw it away where they can't see it. That's fair, though. I don't drink that much coffee anymore. So I'm like, every coffee has to be very good. I would say my favorite one. Like, there's not that many quippy quotes anymore uh because it's all very intense and a lot of threads need to be wrapped up but one of my one of my fave ones was also a lana one where it's like again she's so hideous at this point and she's like i'm a writer it's my job to tell the essence of the truth oh. when she's clearly lying and fabricating shit it's that thing of like you know when people convince themselves that they're doing the right thing when they know that they're not yeah, you know who else does that? Mm. Monsignor. <laughs> you mean Cardinal. Cardinal oh, Timothy Howard. Cardinal Timothy Howard. <laughs> the most vanilla name I've ever heard. <laughs> Might as well be called John John. <laughs> okay, so the next category is sad, but, but to be honest, I think it's time we retire this category. Yeah. There's been no buts for a number of episodes. And I, I, not to spoil the future, but I, there's not that many sad buts in the next season we're doing. No. Either. They will return. I feel like the buts do return in a later season. But we're going through a, a, a butt drought right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, R.I.P. Sad Bud. You shall be missed. And then moving on to the MVP of the episode. Who is yours? God, I feel like no one won. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm seeing, saying this, but Cardinal Timothy Howard got away scot-free. <laughs> oh my god! Like, in terms of, if we're going to talk about, like, who came out of this episode on top, mm -hmm. it's that asshole. I I know how much it's, it's taken you to say those words. I know, but it is just the truth. Everyone else is having a real bad time. Yeah. I mean, my answer would actually be... Again, I'm going on the side of moral victory here. And I'm going to go with Kit. Because he's a true innocent. He's confronting his old friend about her turning into an asshole. 
and he goes to visit his wife who killed his other wife. He's still taking care of his alien babies. So he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I guess I, I felt like I couldn't choose him because like, the episode literally opened on him with a bloody axe. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're right. Like He wins on a, yeah, he wins on a moral level, definitely. Mm. And not that many people in American Horror Story ever win on a moral level. Yeah. Like, he is one of the most, like, untainted, pure mm. characters this show has ever had. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you may, I might change my answer, because I really don't want it to be Timothy Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you change it to? Yeah, Kit. I think you're right. Like, he goes through a lot, but maybe at the very end of the episode, he is kind of on top. And mainly just fuck the Cardinal. and did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week yes the random inclusion of uh dr martin luther king's assassination specifically president johnson like addressing the nation on tv Mm -hmm. be like Mm -hmm. martin luther king has died just out of nowhere didn't have anything to do with anything (laughs) maybe just to place the year i guess and then I guess there was still the suggestion that, like, them being, you know, a, a white man and a black woman and polyamorous, like, they were still under threat from that. Mm. I just, they seemed really, like, out of nowhere. Be like, look at the TV, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> look. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a really good spot. And... Did you pick up on any cinema references in this episode? They do mention uh, the, well, it's not cinema reference, it's a TV show, I think. The yes. Flying Nun with yes, they do. Sally Field. Because Sister Jude thinks that she is the Flying Nun at some point, at one point. It's quite a sad one. Although she does say, I'm going to fly my ass right out of here, which was my <laughs> other contender for best line. <laughs> because <laughs> the point with the flying nun is that she had the big wimple and and right and that mm-hmm, let her, mm-hmm. her fly around yeah so, and and sister jude is like she stole my hat it's very it's very sad but also very sweet and i find the yeah. the parallel arcs of the fall of sister jude and the rise of lana winters to be really in in this episode to be very um very 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 nicely made yeah this is actually (laughs) this is a really good episode (laughs) and why do i say that like i'm surprised this is my favorite (laughs) tv show sorry (laughs) but this is a really good episode apart from the confusing time thing yeah i think it's a i mean it's just fun to be i guess outside of briarcliff at this stage and to, I'm a big fan of also kind of the, the fast forwarding of people's stories to get to the chunky, interesting bits and kind of seeing where characters who you've developed a relationship with over a number of episodes and hours do more things than just react to terrible shit happening to them. Yeah, this is very about character interaction. Mm. As opposed to a lot of episodes is like, blah, 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 alien, blah, 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 Santa, murder Santa. You know, it's sort of like, as you said, yeah, 
you're just kind of dropping elements and seeing how everyone reacts. This is really about the relationships between everyone who is still around, alive. So, so what can we expect from the next episode of Asylum? In the next episode, and this is the finale episode of Asylum, Johnny Morgan finally confronts his mother. I imagine it's not going to go well. we'll be back next wednesday with another episode of american horror story asylum in the meantime send us your thoughts on twitter i'm at clarice lou and i am at anna b demento just no one please send clarice uh jars of piss please don't do that (laughs) well no if you like send it to me i'm not gonna drink it i'm saying if i was in a restaurant situation and you were my waiter and you served it to me. <laughs> I would love for you to do an episode of Off Menu. What's that? What's Menu? Oh, Off Menu. The off the menu. podcast where people go in and they like order uh, their dream menu. Starters, main and dessert. And they just get served piss. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you didn't. you wouldn't ask for it. But you know, no. I'm not going to kink shit. No, I would just ask for for pizza. Five pizzas, please. (laughs) Thank you. Chemin en tout lieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu, il ne parle que du bon Dieu.